0: but it's where the Holy Spirit's wanted to go. And we've kind of been talking about the nature of God. We're talking about the nature of God because the, the thing that we have to understand is now that we have come into the kingdom of God, His nature becomes our nature. And a lot of times we don't realize that. We kind of put God, you know, way up here and, and 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 everything He is, we just wish we could be. And then, you know, a lot of us think, well, one day I'm going to go ahead and go, go to heaven and then I'll get to be like God. I'll get to... Look like God and act like God and I won't have to worry about all this sin stuff anymore. Worry about all this failing and guilt and condemnation. But if you really understand the Bible and really read it and, and really get into it, you'll find out you don't have to wait for any of that. Uh, Christians shouldn't be packing bags and, and waiting uh, you know, for the bus to come by to take us on to heaven. You know, we shouldn't just be sitting in an airport terminal waiting for the rapture to come, that there's actually a work to do here on the planet. Because see, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, God made a statement that changed the earth forever. He said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. And we learned last week that the glory of God actually means his image. Glory means to be an image or representation. So everywhere God's glory is, there he is. And the Bible tells us that we should be the image of God in the earth. Adam was designed that way. Eve was designed that way. And guess what? God's original intention for mankind is still his intention today. What he designed man to do and how he planned for him to operate in Genesis chapter 1 is still his plan today. Still his design. He gave him dominion. That means charge or the authority to govern the earth that means the earth is within man's control it's within our operation but we obviously know that sin crept in man fell not from heaven because adam and eve weren't wandering around saying when do we go to heaven when when is jesus coming back they never asked the question they were just busy taking care of the garden That God had placed them in. And God's given all of us a garden. Your job might be your garden. Your children might be your garden. Your home might be your school. Your business. Your circle of influence. The friends that God has placed in your life. That might be your garden to take care of. And to keep charge over. According to his instructions. But when Adam and Eve fell. When they sinned or disobeyed God. Then sin crept in. And sin Caused our nature to change. Caused our image. No longer did we represent God, our creator, our king. Now we began to represent the devil and all the evil that crept into the world based upon sin. And so we've got to come to know this new, this new nature. We are now in Christ. And because we are in Christ, we are a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. But how many of you know it's just not that simple? Old things passed away spiritually, but on the outside, old things still seem to be right there nipping at our heels. It still seems to be, uh, you, you can remember it like yesterday for some of us. And so there's an unlearning of an old nature and there's a learning of a new nature. Amen? God has given us a new nature in Christ. And so... Uh, we have to learn how to reveal God in the earth. That's our job. That's our assignment. That is who we are. People will not come to know Jesus without coming to know you first. They won't, come out, they won't come to know Jesus without coming to know Jesus in you. We saw last week that what God put in you, he intended to reveal through you. So you didn't get saved for yourself. You got saved to make influence on this earth. For the kingdom of God. That's why Jesus told Matthew or told uh, Peter in Matthew chapter sixteen, "To you I will on you I will build my church, on what on the rock of the revelation of the word of God, not on Peter literally, but on the revelation that I am Jesus Christ, the Son of the Living God. I will build my church into the church. I will give." The kingdom, the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Notice that heaven responds to what we do in the earth. So we've got a responsibility. We've got an obligation in the earth to now learn who we are in Christ, learn what our new nature is in the kingdom of God, and reveal that. On Wednesday, we talked about being world changers. Everybody wants to be a world changer. Everybody within them has the natural instinct to want to change the world. And that right there tells us something. It says this. There's something that needs to be different. You don't want to change things that are already perfect. There's no desire to change something when it's already going the way you want it. No, you want to change things that you know need to be different and should be different. We all come into this world, whether you're saved or not. There are plenty of unsaved, lost people in the world that want to change the world. And they have ideas and they have ways that they think they're able to change the world. But God has given us the ability to change everything around us. But we first have to change what's in us. When you first change what's in you, then you have the ability to change what's around you. When we can change and take charge over what's inside of us, then we have all the resource, all the backing of heaven to change everything around us. Amen. That's why we are here. You are a world changer. Amen. We're created to change things. We're created to make a difference in the world. That's why we're here. It may not mean that we start some fund and start, uh, you know, feeding poor kids in Africa, but you might be able to change your world with your coworker at work. Your next door neighbor. Maybe it's in your own home. Maybe you're raising up parents. Maybe you're raising up world changers and you didn't even know it, did you? Because we're created to make an impact. Well, there's no better way to talk about nature than to talk about fruit. (laughs) Amen. Fruit is a natural thing. Fruit is a natural thing. And, And the thing about fruit is fruit doesn't show up on accident. Fruit shows up on purpose, with purpose. It's because you put something there to cause fruit to show up. Because fruit is a natural thing. It's an organic thing. But when we do the necessary things to put in, then we will get out fruit. And look what Jesus says in John chapter 15, verse 1. John chapter 15, verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Now, I love this because Jesus identifies here, I have to submit to my Father just like you have to submit to the Father. God is the vine dresser. My Father is the vine dresser. And I'm the vine. Which means I'm submitted to Him and to what He wants to produce. Verse 2. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, He takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, He prunes that it may bear more fruit. I love how Jesus just gets right to the Punch line. Gets right to the core of this thing. He goes ahead and identifies the goal is to bear fruit. The goal, what we should be looking for, the results that we should be looking for is to bear fruit. He's identifying that's what we're supposed to be doing. And he also identifies this here in verse 2 that cutting is a necessary process of bearing fruit. Something must be cut. Something must be cut away, or something must be cut off. He says that every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, or gets cut off. Then he says, every branch that does bear fruit, you don't need to get cut. See, it doesn't say that. It says every branch that does bear fruit gets cut so that it can bear more fruit. For the rest of your life, you should be finding ways to bear fruit from the kingdom of God. Why? Because it's part of your nature. Because fruit is a natural thing. You will produce what you put in. And so there's some pruning or there's some cutting That needs to take place. Verse 3. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Notice that we bear no fruit apart from Jesus. We bear no fruit apart from Jesus. Jesus is our connection. Jesus is what we have to be in, and Jesus is what we have to have in us. There's no fruit apart from Jesus. Now, Jesus, in John chapter 1, the first chapter of this book, John 1, 1, he says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, And the word was God. And then he goes on down to verse 14 and says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. Uh, Glory as of the Father, full of grace and truth. Who was that glory? Jesus himself. Because Jesus was the image of God, the representation of God in the earth. But Jesus is the word. And Jesus was the word before he became Jesus, the man. So when he says, you abide in me and I abide in you, he's making a connection here. He's saying, you've got to be in my word and you've got to have my word in you. If we're not in this, we're not bearing fruit. We're not bearing the right fruit. So you got a new nature now. Bad fruit should no longer be a part of your nature. Bad fruit. Fruit that doesn't help anybody. Fruit that makes people sick. Fruit that doesn't bring any nutrition, doesn't bring any nourishment, doesn't bring any refreshing. That's not a part of our nature anymore. We're able to bear good fruit. We're able to show and reveal good fruit. And you know this, fruit isn't for the tree. A tree doesn't bear fruit for itself. A tree bears fruit for others. See, fruit is... See, we're not just supposed to be just big, tall, strong trees just standing in the middle of a field not producing anything. And guess what happens to those kind of trees? They get chopped down, taken away, according to verse 2. So we've got to be bearing fruit. Don't just be taking up real estate. That's what a tree does that's unfruitful. It just takes up space. It's unnecessary and it gets chopped down. But if we abide in the vine, and he abides in us, neither uh, we we will bear fruit. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, He is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. You know what kind of trees get taken care of? The ones that are fruitful. Those are the ones that we take care of. Those are the ones that we make sure get all the, the right nutrients. Those are the ones that we make sure we're feeding properly and make sure we're getting all the nourishment that's necessary. Why? Because it's growing and producing, and we want to continue to give to that. We want to continue to support that growth. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. It's amazing that the more that we get our eyes off of ourselves, the more God will make sure he takes care of us. That doesn't mean he doesn't take care of anybody else, but he's looking for people that will be like Adam and Eve. Get in the garden and just take care of the garden. You never once see where Adam and Eve were concerned about where they were going to live. You never will see where Adam and Eve were concerned trying to figure out how they were going to eat their next meal. You don't see it. They were able to eat of every tree, every green herb of the field, except for one. They didn't have to worry about what they were going to wear. Now, I know that seems obvious. Well, they were naked. But that that also meant the lack of having to be concerned with that. Because Jesus then comes over in Matthew chapter 6. Before we get to verse 33, he says, look, this is what everybody's looking for. What are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? Has my father not clothed the lilies of the field? And are you not more valuable than they? They're clothed more beautifully than King Solomon himself. And I know how to clothe you. I know how to give you what to eat. I know how to give you what to drink. Just seek first The kingdom. It's all in the seeking. It's all in what are you trying to take care of. It's all in what are you, uh, uh, what's encompassing your life daily. Whose nature are you trying to reveal? Verse 8. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciple. A disciple is not one that prays a prayer. A disciple is one that does what the word says. A disciple is one that reveals the father. My father is glorified. Now, how are they glorifying God if I'm abiding in the vine and producing fruit? Because you have now become a representation of who God is in the earth. Every time we bear fruit of the kingdom, we represent who God is. We show them who God is. And God gets all the glory. And God gets all the praise. I don't know about you, but I want to glorify God. I want to glorify God daily. I want to glorify God in the way I talk. I want to glorify God in the way that I live. I want to glorify God in the decisions that I make. How I respond to situations. How I treat other people. I want to glorify God. And the greatest way to glorify God is to bear fruit of your new nature. Now, what does God do? Going back to verse one, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. He's the vine dresser. Yet he gets the glory when the tree bears the fruit, not the tree. See, we don't glorify the tree because it's bearing fruit. We glorify the one who's taking care of the tree. We glorify the farmer that's taking care of the crop. They're the ones that get the glory. They're the ones that get honored. Wow, you did a great job with that tree. See, it's never been about us. It's always been about what's inside of you. It's It's not about Us. It's about who's taking care of us. It's not about us. It's about the one who's causing fruit to come out of us. See, even when we bear good fruit, it's not even because of ourselves. It's just because we chose to be in submission to the vine dresser, to the farmer, to the one taking care of the crop. And God gets the glory. God gets the praise. So that's the kind of fruit that we should be bearing. Go over to Galatians. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, Paul says this, I say then, walk in the Spirit. That word walk can be, uh, or is translated the word live. Live in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. What's he saying? You've got a new nature. You have a new nature that produces a new kind of fruit. And if you live according to the new nature, then you'll produce that kind of fruit. And you won't produce the fruit of your old nature. For the rest of our lives, we're we're combating our old nature. The devil's not your problem. We're our own problem. The devil's not our problem. In fact, Jesus already took care of the devil. He's defeated. He's whipped. He's been overcome. We are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. We can do all things through Jesus, through Christ who strengthens me. We don't have a Satan problem. We have a me problem. We have an us problem. Our old nature will continue to try to creep in and try to bear fruit of its nature. But Paul says here, Walk or live in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh for the flesh, lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. You've heard me say this before. You know, we're a three-part being. Spirit, soul, and body. And when you are saved, when you become a new creature, your spirit is saved but your flesh cannot be saved. There's no hope for your flesh. Your flesh is at war. If you're trying to get this thing to line up to the word of God, it's not going to happen. Forget about it. Just go ahead and shut it down. What does that mean, walk or live in the spirit? That means to give more attention to the spirit man that's been recreated on the inside of you than the flesh that's messed up on the outside. It's an attention factor. What kind of focus are we giving? Because the flesh and the spirit are always contrary to one another. Verse 18, but if you are led by the spirit, you're not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Works is fruit. See, sometimes in churches, we make a big deal about works. Well, you didn't get saved by works, but you got saved to do some works. Getting saved doesn't mean fold our hands and sit back and proper feet up and just wait for Jesus to come. You got saved to do something. I like how I heard uh, one person put it, we didn't get saved to sit. (laughs) We didn't get saved to sit, we got saved to do. We got saved to be. Amen? And so he says here, That the works of the flesh or the fruit of the flesh are evident. What are they? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. (laughs) Goes ahead and lets you know. And anything like all that. All that messed up stuff and then anything that just sounds like it. Anything that looks like it. Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I I also told you in the time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So, notice that we were always bearing fruit, just we weren't bearing good fruit. But now we've come into the kingdom. We've received a new nature, which means that we should be bearing a different kind of fruit. A fruit that will bring glory to God. What does that fruit look like? Verse 22, But the fruit of the Spirit... Is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ's have what? Crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. We've got to cut, cut off. Cut down the flesh. What's that? That's that pruning that Jesus talked about. That's that pruning. You want to bear fruit? We've got to cut off the old nature. We've got to cut off the old nature. We've got to prune. And every level has got more pruning involved. You'll be pruning till Jesus comes. Just go ahead and let you know. You'll be pruning for the rest of your lives once we come into the kingdom. But man, it's good because pruning just causes more fruit to show up. That pruning just allows us to reveal more of the kingdom of God. It just allows us to operate in the glory of God, in His image. To represent God in the earth. That's who we are. That's what we're here to do, is bear fruit. Of the kingdom of God. And so Paul says we've got to crucify the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. If we live in the Spirit, let us walk by the Spirit. That means if you've been made new in the Spirit, then let's live it out. Let's live from the inside out. Everything that God has done for us on the inside, let's start showing that to the world. That's how we reveal the nature of God. God's nature is love, not hate. God's nature is joy, not depression. God's nature is peace, not fear. God's nature is gentleness, not harshness. God's nature is self-control, not just running around doing whatever we want to do. Self-control. God's not going to control us. The Holy Spirit's not going to control us. The Holy Spirit's not a demon. Demons will possess people, but you won't ever get possessed by the Holy Spirit. He's a leader. He's a guide. He's a helper. He's a comforter. So the Holy Spirit will direct and guide your life. And then we follow him, but he's not going to control you. God's nature is goodness. God's nature is faithfulness. That's who God is. What is the fruit of the Spirit? Those are things that we should be living out daily. We should be finding ways to walk in love. We should be finding ways to reveal joy. We should be finding ways to be at peace. That doesn't mean that all of a sudden your world changes and it, you know, everybody you come in contact with is just you're just gonna want to love on them. <laughs> yeah, no surprise, right? <laughs> no, that means love comes out, even though the outside exterior may be harsh against that. We still find a way to get that fruit out. We still find a way to be joyful in unjoyful times. Right? Count it all joy, James says, when you fall into trials and tribulations. When you fall into tests and trials, not when you come out. We're joyful when we come out of a trial, but James says, be joyful when you go into one. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. And let patience have its perfect work, so that we can be perfect and mature. At least we operate in peace. At we operate in peace when everything around us is unpeaceful. It could be like Jesus standing on the edge of the boat in the middle of a storm that is about to take lives and say, peace, be still. That's who we are. That's the nature of God. We have the nature of God. We're called to reveal the nature of God. And you reveal the nature of God by bearing fruit. But remember that fruit is based upon what you put in. Fruit is determined by what goes in. If you don't like the fruit that's coming out, let's take a look at what we're putting in. If we don't like the fruit that we see, then we've got to start taking a look at what's being planted. What kind of seed is growing in. See, God put something in motion way back in the beginning that every seed would bear fruit after its kind. So bad seed won't produce uh, good fruit and good seed won't produce bad fruit. We've got to get in the word. We've got to get in the word. Abide in me and I in you because you can't bear fruit Without abiding in the vine. You can't bear fruit. Without being in the word. That's the number one place. We got to look at. Jesus referred. To the seed. In Matthew chapter 13. In the parable of the sower. As his word. The word of God. Is seed. It goes in. And it will produce. It will bear fruit. After it's kind. And so. And so. Understanding the nature of God, understanding who God is, understanding what God has revealed to us, revealed uh, not just to us, but what God wants to reveal through us. This should cause us to live different. This isn't overnight. I know that you didn't say a prayer and then all of a sudden all these things went away. But I tell you what, you ask any farmer in this room. You put the right seed in, you take care of it. The crop will come. And when, it, when harvest time comes, you're expecting something. I heard one person say this. God, you know, Jesus said in his word, I am the Lord of the harvest. But we are the Lord of the seed. What does that mean? That means I control what goes in and then he'll take care of the rest. We control the seed that goes in. But then God will take care of the harvest. We're the Lord of the seed. We govern the seed. And I can promise you that God will bring a harvest in your life. Father, we thank you this morning for the nature of God that is within us. You have a great nature. You want to reveal greatness through us. You want to reveal your love through us. You want to reveal your joy through us, your peace. Not a peace that the world gives, a peace that you give. Not a a joy that the world can give, but a joy that you give. Father, I thank you that you have placed that nature inside of us. When we come into contact... With people in the world, they're coming in contact with God Himself. Now, with every head bowed, every eye closed. If you have not received this new nature, how do I receive that nature? I I just have this old nature. I just I'm always stuck to doing all the old stuff that I want to do. How do I get this new nature? How can I receive a new nature so I can bear new fruit, spirit? See, before you come to the kingdom, your your spirit is dead. And a dead spirit can't produce fruit. You can't produce love and joy and peace from the kingdom of God without being in the kingdom of God. And Paul said there in Galatians, those that are bearing fruit according to the fleshly lusts and the worldly lusts, They will not inherit the kingdom. But there is an inheritance for those that are in the kingdom of God. How do I receive this new nature? You make Jesus the Lord of your life. You make Jesus the Lord of your life. See, God has a great plan and purpose. He hasn't excluded anyone from His garden. He hasn't excluded anyone from bearing fruit of the kingdom of God. In fact, He needs you to bear fruit from the kingdom of God. so this morning, if you have not made Jesus the Lord of your life, not just as Savior, but as Lord. Savior is what He did, but Lord is who He is. What does that mean? That means He controls my life now. He doesn't control it in the sense that I don't have any decisions, but He calls the shots and I obey. And when I submit to the Lord, now I can bear fruit in the kingdom of God. If that's you, if you have not May Jesus, the Lord of your life, raise your hand right now. In this room, wherever you're at. Hallelujah. Well, Father, I thank you that we have a room full of kingdom citizens. A room full of believers. A room full of trees that have been given the nature of God and that can reveal that nature. Bear fruit from the kingdom. Father, I pray for strength across every person in this room. That in our daily lives, our daily walk, whatever we do, wherever we go, we reveal the kingdom of God. We reveal the nature of God. That we no longer live according to our flesh. We no longer live according to our old passions and desires. But we crucify the flesh. And we live, we walk according to the Spirit. The Spirit that gives life. The Spirit that bears fruit of love and joy and peace patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I thank you that we bear fruit of the kingdom of God. And because we do, you get all the glory. You get all the praise. You get all the honor. I thank you that we can be your representation in the earth today. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.